Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The Crisis Next Door. A weekly report on the biggest conflicts around the world. With host Jason Brooks. Thank you for listening to The Crisis Next Door. I'm Jason Brooks. Alliances are ever-shifting in the Middle East, and Turkey and Saudi Arabia find themselves squaring off against each other. Their adversarial relationship has broad impacts across the region, ranging from the wars in Syria and Yemen to the Israeli-Palestinian conundrum. The latest wedge is coming after the disappearance of Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi, after he visited the Saudi consulate in Turkey. Khashoggi's been critical of the regime in Riyadh, and Turkish officials claim that the journalist was killed at the consulate and his body dismembered so it could be carried out in parts. Saudi Arabia is denying the accusations. This is being played out at the very top, with Turkish President Erdogan saying he is personally following the investigation. Joining us to talk about the growing animosity between Turkey and Saudi Arabia is Dr. Balant Alariza, the Turkey Project Director for the Center for Strategic and International Studies. Dr. Alariza, thank you for joining us here today on The Crisis Next Door. Thank you for inviting me. Let's start off with the division between Turkey and Saudi Arabia. Where does this germinate from? Well, you know, they've had a number of disagreements uh, in the past few years, uh, which has culminated with uh, the growing crisis over uh, the uh, the Jamal Khashoggi uh, um, uh, disappearance. Uh, but until uh, 2011, um, with the uh, the Arab Spring, Turkey and Saudi Arabia had a, a fairly cordial relationship. Um, the uh, uh, the government in, in Turkey has its roots in political Islam. Uh, they obviously had a, uh, uh, a special regard for Saudi Arabia as the custodian of the two holy places, Mecca and Medina. Um, uh, then Prime Minister, uh, now President Erdogan, made a number of visits to uh, to Saudi Arabia, um, went on the pilgrimage, also had the uh, meetings with, uh, with the Saudi leaders. Uh, but then it began to change with the uh, uh, with the Arab Spring, uh, specifically because of uh, Turkey's uh, support for and uh, and relationship with uh, uh, the insurgents uh, in the streets uh, who overthrew uh, Hosni Mubarak in in Egypt and brought the Muslim Brotherhood to power. Something that uh, that uh, uh, very much disturbed the Al Saud regime in. Uh, in Riyadh, uh, similarly, Turkey was involved in uh, in supporting the uh, um, uh, the Islamists uh, in Al Nahda, who came to power in next door in in Tunisia, and Turkey was also involved with uh, 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 with Islamists in uh, in Syria, uh, who were rising in the streets along with uh, uh, other members of the opposition against the Assad regime. Um, and again, uh, having outlawed the Muslim Brotherhood, uh, Saudi Arabia was very much disturbed by this. And, and frankly, uh, that enmity uh, grew worse with uh, Turkey's support for Qatar, uh, as Qatar uh, was ostracized by Saudi Arabia 
and uh, and the United Arab Emirates, along with uh, uh, three other countries, um, and a feud that's still continuing. I want to run down all of those issues regarding the Muslim Brotherhood, Syria, and Qatar. But first off, let's talk about Jamal Khashoggi. Uh, we're talking about one person, a journalist, who is the peak of this disagreement right now between Turkey and Saudi Arabia. You've got uh, Erdogan getting involved on a personal level following this investigation into Jamal Khashoggi's disappearance. Uh, how important is it that one person is able to spark an even greater conflict between these two countries? Well, it's the, it's the, uh, the background over the uh, past few years of, uh, of uh, disagreement and animosity between the two countries. Um, that is actually uh, uh, being exacerbated by the uh, disappearance of, of Khashoggi. Uh, he has not been seen for uh, for a whole week um, uh, uh, ever since he entered the uh, Saudi consulate in, in Istanbul. And 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 clearly, uh, given the fact that the two countries were not on good terms before, uh, it's it's quite clear that uh, that the relationship is uh, is getting much much worse uh, until and unless Saudi Arabia is able to account for the disappearance of a prominent uh, journalist and dissident uh, in the middle of Istanbul. I mean, this is clearly something that no government would uh, would, uh, would tolerate. And uh, and Turkey is taking a position uh, on this issue. Um, and uh, the, the involvement of President Erdogan is not surprising, given the fact that uh, uh, he's had uh, meetings with Khashoggi in the past, apparently, uh, Khashoggi was uh, uh, due to uh, uh, marry a Turkish uh, fiancé uh, who was an Islamist. And, uh, and also, uh, uh, Khashoggi was uh, very much uh, on close terms with uh, a man named Yasin Aktay, uh, an Arabic-speaking uh, former member of the Turkish parliament who is an advisor uh, to Erdogan. Uh, who apparently jumped in uh, immediately into into the uh, controversy as soon as uh, um, uh, Khashoggi disappeared. So, uh, whichever way you look at it, it's uh, it, it is it is an important uh, uh, dispute between the two countries, but one that has actually uh, uh, de- developed these dangerous um, um, uh, repercussions precisely because of the uh, the bad relationship between the two countries. Is this more of a media opportunity, possibly, for Erdogan in, in going after Saudi Arabia in the disappearance of Khashoggi? Or, or is this something that could go further than that? Would Turkey be willing to push Saudi Arabia even further than perhaps just highlighting the disappearance? It's unclear. It's unclear. Uh, the, uh, the Turkish police have, uh, have launched a, a formal investigation. Erdogan himself said, uh, you know, until and unless... Uh, the Saudis provide uh, uh, evidence uh, through their uh, closed-circuit uh, uh, video recordings that uh, that the journalists um, um, uh, who disappeared um, came out of the uh, the consulate. He will hold them responsible. There are stories in the in, in the Turkish press, uh, you know, particularly in the uh, in the parts of the uh, um, of the Turkish press which is close to the government, that two plane loads of uh, special agents came from Saudi Arabia. In private planes uh, on the same day that, uh, that uh, Khashoggi disappeared, and then they left uh, the same day, even though they had made reservations to stay for four days at the hotel. And uh, clearly, the uh, the ground is being prepared for a formal accusation by the Turkish government. Uh, it's unclear which party would be uh, that the Saudis uh, uh, were responsible for the disappearance, and 
even uh, possibly for the uh, death. Some of uh, uh, speculated that he was dismembered, and the body's body parts were removed from the uh, from the consulate. I mean, clearly this is uh, this is a story that's developing and, and it's going to expand. But uh, you know, uh, Erdogan has to calculate uh, the costs and benefits of a confrontation with Saudi Arabia. Now, uh, hundreds of thousands of, of Turkish pilgrims go to Saudi Arabia, <clears throat> and if the relationship was to worsen as it did between Iran and Saudi Arabia, uh, uh, pilgrims might find it difficult. Turkish pilgrims might find it difficult to get uh, uh, visas uh, to Saudi Arabia. Secondly, you know, with the uh, uh, in addition to all the other issues that I mentioned. Uh, there is a uh, difference of opinion uh, between Turkey and Saudi Arabia with respect to Iran. Um, Trump and Mohammed bin Salman, the effective ruler of Saudi Arabia, are on, uh, on the same wavelength when it comes to taking a tough stand against Iran. Uh, uh, President Erdogan has said that, uh, that Turkey will continue to trade with Iran. So, you know, as we, uh, even without the Khashoggi uh, incident, Turkey and Saudi Arabia are likely to be at loggerheads on, uh, on the Iran issue. And once uh, this uh, has come on top of it, we're talking about the, the possibility of, uh, of strained uh, relations, possibly, uh, you know, the withdrawal of ambassadors and uh, withdrawal of diplomatic privileges for diplomats based in each other's countries. We're not there yet, but, uh, you know, clearly this is an open-ended crisis. Well, Iran does seem to be the key in all of this, the the division between Saudi Arabia and Iran, whether it comes to uh, Syria or Yemen, uh, there's clear hostilities there. Uh, how risky is it for Turkey to jump in on the side of Iran in this case? Uh, Turkey and Iran never seemingly that close in their own historical ties. Well, uh, Iran is an Islamic republic uh, that's ruled by a, a Shia clergy. And Turkey is a, a is a country uh, that's been governed uh, uh, for the past 16 years now by a party with its roots in political Islam, which is uh, um, very much a Sunni um, um, uh, uh, party. Um, it uh, uh, you know although there are Alawite uh, um, uh, parts of the Turkish population, uh, its supporters are uh, mostly. Uh, um, uh, Sunnis, Alawites, as you know, are, are an offshoot of, of Shiism, and the two countries have actually been on opposite sides of the uh, of the Syrian civil war, which degenerated into a sectarian conflict between uh, the Alawite Shia uh, government of Assad on the one side and the Sunni um, opposition on the other. Uh, Turkey, along with uh, initially Saudi Arabia uh, and then subsequently Qatar, were backing the the opposition, whereas Iran, together with Russia. Uh, basically ensured uh, Assad's survival through uh, their support. Now, Turkey has been cooperating with uh, both Russia and Iran uh, in the so-called Astana process uh, in Syria. Uh, nonetheless, there are uh, great differences between the two countries, not just uh, with respect to the continuation of the Assad regime, but also the, uh, the wider Sunni-Shia uh, confrontation throughout the, uh, the, the Middle East. Uh, so Turkey should naturally be, uh, uh, if one went by, uh, you know, by, um, the uh, uh, the dictates of sectarianism, should be on the side of uh, of Saudi Arabia in this conflict. And uh, and frankly, uh, uh, President Erdogan indicated uh, that he might be uh, on on that wavelength when he said that it was important to confront Persian expansionism before a trip that he made to to Riyadh a couple of years ago. 
But uh, now he seems to be very much on the side of uh, of Iran as the confrontation continues with uh, um, you know worsens between Washington and and Tehran. He said that we would not uh, sacrifice one strategic partner, Iran, for the sake of another strategic partner, the United States. So clearly, you know, he's opposed to Trump's uh, indication that in addition to the uh, to the embargo or the sanctions that have been revived that there would be additional sanctions as of November 4, Turkey would not be respecting them, which is clearly going to lead to tensions with Washington. It will also lead tensions with, uh, to tensions with uh, uh, Saudi Arabia. Mohammed bin Salman, on his vis- uh, visit to Washington a few months ago, uh, talked about uh, uh, Iran uh, needing to be confronted like uh, Nazi Germany was in, uh, you know, in, the, in the 40s. Uh, and clearly, you know, Turkey is not on the same side as uh, as Saudi Arabia, which, as you said, is confronting Iran in uh, Yemen uh, and elsewhere. And, uh, you know, uh, to go back to the Khashoggi story, I mean, the, the, uh, uh, the, the, you know, the addition of that on top of everything else, um, you know, clearly makes me, um, you know, despondent about the possibility of, uh, of a rapid improvement of uh, relations between Saudi Arabia and Turkey. In fact, any improvement. Uh, let's hope it doesn't get much worse because uh, it will not be to the benefit of either side. You're listening to The Crisis Next Door. I'm Jason Brooks. We're talking with Dr. Balant Alariza, the Turkey Project Director for the Center for Strategic and International Studies, and we're talking about the increasingly adversarial relationship between Turkey and Saudi Arabia. How much do the Kurds play into this as far as the relationship between Turkey and Iran goes, since both countries do have Kurdish populations? Would Erdogan be looking for support from Tehran when it comes to the Kurds in order for Turkey to get that support from Turkey? Yeah, even though Turkey has accused Iran in the past of uh, supporting the PKK, uh, the, the, Kurdish, uh, the Turkish Kurdish terrorist organization, that's been fighting Turkey uh, since 1984, and even saying that Iran was uh, harboring uh, uh, the PKK at bases near the Turkish border or on its territory. Uh, the two countries have been on the same uh, uh, page when it comes to uh, confronting uh, Kurdish separatism. Uh, there is a large Kurdish population uh, uh, in Turkey as well as in Iran, um, and uh, and unlike in Iraq, uh, where northern Iraq, where they govern themselves in the Kurdish regional government, or even in Syria, where with the help of the United States, they have uh, carved out a, uh, a de facto autonomous zone uh, just south of the, of the Turkish border. Uh, Turkey and Iran are uh, very cognizant of the dangers uh, that uh, Kurdish separatism poses to each of them, and the need to, to cooperate uh, against uh, the, the Kurds. Um, so that obviously unites them, and add to the mix because we're talking about Saudi Arabia as well, the fact that Saudi Arabia is, uh, um, has got contacts uh, with uh, the Syrian Kurds and is maybe willing, uh, with um, the encouragement of Washington, to provide aid uh, uh, to them, uh, financial aid to them, at a time when Turkey is saying that uh, those who are in control of northern Syria are, in fact, linked to the, to the PKK, which has been fighting for 30 years. Um, you know, we got ourselves a, uh, um, a geopolitical uh, mix involving Tehran, um, uh, Ankara, uh, Riyadh, and the Kurds, uh, which is very much a neglected part of the equation, but as you say, it is an important one. Qatar has really 
driven a thorn into the relationship between Turkey and Saudi Arabia. Turkey supporting uh, Qataris while Saudi Arabia led an unsuccessful blockade of its smaller neighbor. In uh, Turkey also opening a military base in Qatar. Do you think that Saudi Arabia fears Turkish military expansion in the region? Well, you know, the uh, Tur- uh, Turkish sources close to uh, uh, to the government have been saying that it was the Turkish military presence that uh, in Qatar that dissuaded Saudi Arabia from launching an invasion. Um, other people, uh, especially those in Washington, say no, it was the, uh, Trump's unwillingness uh, to allow this and the intervention of uh, Secretary of Defense Mattis, uh, whose main priority was the Al-Udaid airbase, which the U.S. uses, in Qatar that dissuaded Saudi Arabia and its allies from launching a war. Whichever the, uh, uh, you know, the, the allegation, whichever is the, uh, the assertion, uh, um, uh, among these two is true, uh, or, uh, for whatever reason, the Saudis did not launch an invasion. Um, clearly the, the Saudis, uh, uh, were aware of the Turkish political support as well as the, the military support for Qatar which they were hoping to, to isolate. Turkey continued to trade uh, with Qatar and even expanded its trade. Uh, Qatari planes, which are not allowed to fly over uh, the Arabian Peninsula because of Saudi and UAE um, embargo, fly uh, north uh, to Iran and then to Turkey on their way to, uh, um, to uh, Europe and elsewhere. Um, and the Turkey seems committed to helping the Thanis um, uh, retain control of of Qatar, um, you, you said it was an unsuccessful blockade. But you know, from the Saudi point of view, the very fact that they've kept this going uh, has uh, you know made life economically difficult for Qatar. Now Qatar has deep pockets, is able to to survive. Uh, but obviously, you know, um, given the fact that the Saudis and the others have not given up, um, means that as you rightly say again. Uh, Qatar remains an issue in, uh, in Saudi-Turkish relations and seems likely to be so for the foreseeable future. The Muslim Brotherhood has been under tremendous pressure. Uh, it was in Egypt after the Arab Spring. It, it didn't last in power very long there. Uh, Ankara obviously is aligned with the Muslim Brotherhood, much to the chagrin of Saudi allies, Egypt and the UAE. Uh, how much of a factor is the Muslim Brotherhood still in the eyes of Saudi Arabia? Very important. Uh, in fact, uh, the, uh, the the Saudis uh, uh, have declared the Muslim Brotherhood to be a terrorist organization, and have been lobbying uh, uh, quite actively in uh, in Washington uh, uh, to get the United States, uh, the Trump administration, to actually declare the Muslim Brotherhood a terrorist organization as well. And there are some indications that uh, some in, uh, uh, some members of the Trump team uh, are are looking at this very seriously. On the other hand, Turkey is is uh, uh, is opening its doors to members of the Muslim Brotherhood uh, after the uh, the Muslim Brotherhood was overthrown uh, in Egypt, and the followers of uh, of Mohammed Morsi, the former president, many of them have escaped to to Turkey. They have a government in exile. Oh, sorry, excuse me, a parliament in exile. They have a, a TV station, and they're able to. Uh, to uh, continue uh, political activities, you know, again, much to the annoyance of, uh, of Sisi, uh, the Sisi regime in, in Egypt, and also Saudi Arabia and the, and the UAE. And, uh, you know, there have been accusations of, uh, of uh, uh, leveled at Turkey for its uh, sponsorship of the Muslim Brotherhood uh, by, the, uh, by Riyadh and, and by Abu Dhabi. 
and even accusations that Turkey was somehow involved in uh, in sponsoring terrorism uh, by uh, Islamic jihadists. You know, this is clearly rejected by uh, by Turkey, and uh, and Mr. Erdogan and uh, and his team have gone out of, way, of their way to say that the Muslim Brotherhood is an integral part of the. Uh, the political fabric of the of the Middle East, and then the Saudis and the UAE, and of course Egypt, uh, where coups they, uh, took place against them, um, were, are on the you know, on the wrong side of history. So, uh, you know, clearly this is uh, uh, you know one more issue between the two countries, and the fact that Qatar, uh, through its uh, uh, support for the Muslim Brotherhood, and its willingness to allow Yusuf Karadawi. Uh, you know, a 90-year-old uh, Egyptian cleric who was wanted in Egypt uh, on uh, on uh, political uh, uh, activism charges and even terrorism, um, is shows that Qatar and Turkey are on one side of the Muslim Brotherhood divide, while the other countries of the Middle East uh, are on the other. Last November, the head of the 21st Century Turkey Institute said there's a fear by Ankara that an axis is developing between Saudi Arabia, the U.S., and Israel in the region. In March of this year, Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman referred to Turkey as part of a triangle of evil alongside Iran and Islamic extremists. What does this kind of language do to the relationship between the two countries, and does this simply inflame the situation? Well, he actually made that statement while he was in Cairo. Uh, in conversation with uh, Egyptian journalists, he claimed afterwards that it was supposed to be off the record, and uh, this is Mohammed bin Salman, and that he had uh, he didn't actually say this, but you know it's quite clear that uh, from the, uh, the point of view of Riyadh, um, and, and Mohammed bin Salman during his visit to Washington said it explicitly that he wants to confront both uh, uh, Shia extremism led by Iran and Sunni extremism, as he called it you know, represented by the jihadists and by the Muslim Brotherhood. Now, clearly, you know, this, uh, this puts uh, 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 Turkey and, and Saudi Arabia politically and diplomatically at least on, uh, in, in, in a confrontation. Now, add to the mix the comments of the, uh, of the analysts that you mentioned uh, that puts uh, Saudi Arabia together with the United States, uh, which has been vilified in, in, in Turkey uh, more and more, even though the two countries are, are, have been in an alliance for the past 70 years, and Israel, you know, a country that uh, uh, that the current Turkish government is very much uh, you know, critical of because of its policies uh, towards the Palestinians, both in the West Bank as well as in, in Gaza, then, uh, you know, you would have to add uh, uh, Gaza, Jerusalem, of course, where the U.S. has just moved its embassy, uh, and Israel, um, um, and, and the various Turkish, in the number of Turkish-Israeli issues uh, into the equation, um, and uh, and the fact that uh, Mohammed bin Salman reportedly has a good relationship with uh, the Trump's son-in-law, Kushner, who is for the past uh, uh, year and, and more has been uh, uh, developing a peace plan, so-called peace plan uh, for Israel and, uh, and, uh, and the Palestinians, which is supposedly supported by uh, by. Um, Mohammed bin Salman and uh, and other moderate uh, Sunni Arab leaders, even though the Palestinians are, not, are unwilling to talk to Kushner and his and his team. Again, well, you know, uh, let's put that into the mix. Uh, the uh, Israeli-Palestinian issue is uh, is uh, is another important uh, factor in the uh, in the Riyadh um, Ankara uh, dispute that uh, we're focusing on today. 
There does not seem to be an issue in the Middle East where you find Turkey and Saudi Arabia on the same side. They seem to be opposed in so many. Do you think there's any possibility whatsoever that the two countries could find themselves in direct conflict? Or do you see it more likely that they'll engage in proxy conflicts? Well, given the fact that they don't have a border, uh, you know, uh, that uh, military conflict seems to be out of the, uh, the equation, unless, uh, you know, theoretically, the Saudis intervene in, uh, in Qatar militarily and the, and the Turkish contingent there um, supports the Qataris. I mean, that would then put uh, Turkish forces in opposition to Saudi forces. We're not there yet. I mean, this is uh, very much a, a theoretical, hypothetical uh, scenario. I think what's more likely to happen is that the um, the, uh, the diplomatic uh, tensions uh, uh, lead uh, to a diplomatic crisis. Uh, uh, the rhetoric, uh, you know, between the two sides, which is pretty heated even now, gets even worse. Um, and then uh, we'll see which way it goes. But clearly, you know, if Mohammed bin Salman is is intent on solidifying his role in in Saudi Arabia and and has the support. Of uh, um, you know, uh, Mohammed bin Zayed uh, of Abu Dhabi next door, Sisi in Egypt in uh, uh, in Cairo, and then further afield from uh, um, from Donald Trump in the in the White House. Uh, clearly, he may feel emboldened to take on Turkey as being part of the uh, uh, the other camp. Uh, the other camp being uh, a with Qatar and b uh, with uh, with Iran. And um, so this looks like. Uh, you know, a, a confrontation that uh, could go a long way. Now, I looked at it from Washington, where I, I work. Uh, you know, the Trump uh, team uh, was hoping to put together a Sunni front against Iran as it ratcheted up, uh, ratcheted up sanctions uh, against Iran. And clearly, uh, this conflict uh, undermines the possibility of the two countries, these two very important countries, Saudi Arabia and Turkey, being on the same side. Going to be very interesting to see how this potential conflict plays out between Turkey and Saudi Arabia. Uh, Dr. Alariza, thank you very much for joining us here today on The Crisis Next Door. I'm Jason Brooks. We've been talking with Dr. Balant Alariza, the Turkey Project Director for the Center for Strategic and International Studies. Till next time. The Crisis Next Door with host Jason Brooks is produced weekly. If you have any thoughts for Jason, email him at tcndpodcast at kcbsradio.com. Again, that's tcndpodcast at kcbsradio.com. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.